on today's 30-minute music marketing. Singles versus EPs versus albums. What should you be releasing as a DIY musician? Cue the title sequence. 30-minute music marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Thanks very much for listening to this episode, watching this episode, however you consume it. We appreciate your attention. Um, I'm um, going to apologise now to, uh, to the listeners uh, slash viewers. Last week's episode it was rather long, wasn't it? Yes. We're only doing a deep dive this week, so uh, it'll today be a much deep abridged. Dive. Right, yeah, last week, to be to fair, we probably weeks. could have put it into two episodes. And for oh, those who no. did watch we it, I... That. We could have got two weeks out of that. I know. And I forgot to edit my mum calling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to get it up, pardon the expression, in a very short period of time. You can't get the staff, viewers. You can't I know. So we're having a deep dive today, Greg, and we're looking at how you should be releasing your music. So namely, you've got, and you've always pretty much had three variants. You've got singles, yep. you've got EPs, mm -hmm. you've got albums. Yep. So we're just coming to the end of 2019 and going into 2020. How exactly should you be releasing your music? Which one should have priority? Should you even bother with albums, etc., etc.? I think ultimately, it all depends on who you are. There's no hard and fast answer, and it all depends exactly who your audience is. But by running through all these points, we can maybe give the people at home some, you know, some food for thought. See how they might, you know, be in relation to all these ideas that we're uh, chatting about amongst ourselves. So we're talking about release strategies in a fast-moving world. I was reading an article today from Mark Mulligan from Media Research. And he's already looking at 2020 and he's having a look at how playlists are going to fare once more of our listening gets um, driven to um, intelligent, what they call intelligent speakers, you know, your, uh, your Google Home and your uh, Alexa. Because Although I did see something yesterday that uh, I think Google have suggested that you warn people that you have an Alexa unit in the house. So that really does mean that they are listening. Wipe your feet. Uh, please be, uh, <laughs> give some sort of disclaimer policy as people walk through the. Uh, through you will the, be recorded at any given point. Yeah. So I'd, for all those paranoid people out there, you thought it was bad with video cameras. Your, it's phone, going to do, your phone listens to you. You only have to say like something like Twix, and before you know it, it's really weird. Oh. Uh, the fact is, this like you you. It seems to be listening to what you're listening to as well. Oh, anyway, anyway, let's not get into privacy. Uh, so we're going to have a look first at singles. Yeah. Now we've talked about singles many times on this show before, and we know that by releasing a steady stream of new music, that's generally a good thing. Each one of those singles is considered to be an outreach opportunity. It's an opportunity to open ourselves up and introduce ourselves to to a new audience. As long as we've got a music marketing plan in order to market that piece of music and not just literally slap it on Spotify, cross your and fingers. hope for the best. And then hope for the best. So that, that's And then okay. moan when nothing happens. And you could also argue that the more times you release something, then specifically you could argue that you've got more opportunities in which to get maybe put in a playlist, whether that's a, um, a user-generated, curated playlist, or whether it's an algorithmically generated playlist. 
that could be, uh, you know, that, 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 there's something to be said for mm -hmm. that. And as uh, more of our listening habits have uh, tended to move towards the playlists, it's also fair to say that there's generally only one track. So you, if you've got like two tracks or, or three tracks on a single, there's only ever going to be one that's going to end up on a playlist. And indeed now on Spotify, you can ask mm. Spotify to look at one particular song on each of your releases for possible inclusion on one of their curated playlists. So you could also argue that if you're doing any more than one, you're almost like wasting songs because there's only ever going to be one that's going to be included on a playlist. So yeah. don't include any more than one piece of music on a quotes single. And that's the, you know, that's the best way to, to operate. So if you're releasing a single, don't release any more than one piece of music on that single. So not even a double A side anymore? There is, there is a rule of thought that if playlists and getting exposure via playlists is your priority, then you don't necessarily need to. Right, okay. And again, if you're, you know, if you're, in, a, if you're in a studio and studio time costs you money, then again, you know, let's keep it lean and mean. The thing about, I know there's people like us who say, oh, release as much new music as you can. But, you know, we do also have to factor in a, a cost consideration. I think you're lucky if you're doing anything on the lines of maybe EDM, rap, pop, they're all much cheaper to produce than if you're in a, you know, in a band environment. Do you reckon? Yeah, do it. Hashtag do it on your laptop, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but I think the cost of studio, the cost of band recordings is considerably less than it used to be. Or less than it used to be. However, you know, if you can, if you can do your beats on a laptop and then just go into a studio or even, you know, to the, to the back of your bedroom, that's um, a, a lot cheaper to produce your, your finished music than having to, you know, get your drummer to do yeah. 10 takes. So, you know, there's an argument for, you know, maybe one track singles, trying to release them as often as you possibly can. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a good way to, to start in terms of your release strategy. So moving on to EPs, what is the point of an EP? Well, it may well be that, you know, if you, you are somebody who enjoys writing songs and write a lot of songs, then you probably want in some way to weigh, shape or form to, to, to get them out there and for people to, to listen to them. So, so moving from just one song to maybe an EP for us, people of our generation, that's always been generally regarded as like four songs, would you say? Three, maybe four? Sometimes five if it included a remix, but yeah, I'd yeah. say usually four. And what you can argue <coughs> me. might be possible in this day and age in a, in a digital world is if you've got single one and then couple of months later you release single two what you could do for single three is you could release an EP which not only includes single three but also like recaps single and includes one. singles one and two on there as well if you include the same ISRC code on this theoretical three track EP it doesn't matter whether you get plays on singles one or two so you're assigning the same ISRC number to three songs not to three songs but if you've got single one single two and then single three is an ep which contains single three plus single one and single two yeah it doesn't matter where 
singles one and two get played on their original single release or on the EP release. Oh, uh, so you're the actually putting counts. you're putting an ISRC to a, a, the body of work rather yes. than right. Okay. As long as it's, you know, as long as it is the same recording. Right. Okay. Right, got you. So, so I mean, so one that, thing we might need to actually tell these people, they might not be familiar with what an IS, ISRC number is. Do you think they will be? Because I'm sure, I'm sure there will be. It's do, just do a catalogue number, uh, so uh, when you have your music played, they know who the owner is. It's assigned to, to an individual recording. So, so that, that could be a strategy. You know, you, mm. you release individual sort of singles, and at some point you, you, you almost like bundle... Them up, but I mean, it may well be that you know you, you can throw in an additional sort of remix as, as or well. Or an there. acoustic track. Yeah, or... and it could well be that if you get to that particular state and you get sort of say four, theoretically five tracks mm -hmm. on, a, on a digital EP, now's maybe the time to even think about going into the world of physical, going into a, you know a, a duplication house and getting that EP physically printed. Because it's not really much point. I know, I know some people, I have seen some people do it, burn CDs with one sort of single on, but that, that's sort of messy and sort of counterproductive. But if you, it's you know, if considering you, the cost of the medium, it's yeah, the yeah. same whether it's a five minute song or a 70 minute album, it's probably not the most cost yeah. effective for one item. But yeah, a, a body of work but like if, an EP. Yeah, if you've, but if you've got like a, you know, a, a modest uh, bundle of tracks, now's probably the time to move from a digital only world to a, a physical world and yeah. for, you know, for four or five tracks. You know, you'd be able to get maybe four or five quid on the merch stall, perhaps. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if you do like a limited run and you hand sign every single one or yeah, yeah, yeah. do something that's uniquely numbered for those, it adds a certain kudos. So, so that's one theoretical way as to how you might be able to introduce EPs into your release strategy. Now then, albums, Greg. Mm -hmm. People, certainly of our age, we like an album. We grew up with it. As, as an artist, albums are the thing that, that, you, that you aim for. Some people can argue that, oh, got a good single or two, that's a fluke. Can you pull it off over the course of an album, getting 11 or 12 tracks to coherently sit together and to be of a, a good sort of a, an equal musical value? That, you know, that is... Are you saying all killer and no filler? All killer, no filler, the exact words I was looking for. I mean, there are certain bands who basically have been varied much away from their original core idea for like 10 or 12 albums. Yeah. I'm nice. not going to mention any names. No, no, no. Oasis. Now then, um, I've got, I, this is a fascinating fact. This came out this week. It was National uh, Album Day on the, a couple of days ago from when we were recording this. Right. But a recent study by streaming service Is that Deezer, worldwide, national? Yes. Oh, okay. A, a recent study by streaming service Deezer found 15% of people below the age of 25 had never listened to an album all the way through. That what? is a shocking statistic, ladies and gentlemen. 15%? 15%. Is that really the attention span of people of under the age of 25? 42% of people simply opted for playlists, either the ones that they create or the ones that are created by streaming services. So it's almost so, like people are listening to radio, but not yeah. radio as in, uh, you know, I want a collection of just singles by a variety of different uh, artists. I mean, do you remember... This is we're kind of edging into old media, you know, formats. But you and I were a lad. When uh, when Sony released that hundred disc 
CD player. So you could put your entire CD collection into it as long as it didn't exceed 100. And then you could put it on random. And at the time that was like, that was really, really cool because of the unknown. But now that's what everyone's doing. So, so listening habits from certain people are changing. It's like you say, the, the playlists are very much radio. It's also referred to as lean back listening. It's as in you don't have to do anything. Don't it's have to do anything. And also music is very much in the background. I have to, within my iPhone, I have to literally get up and turn it down and turn it up. I'm, I'm, guilty, of, I'm guilty of this myself at work. Uh, when uh, when Boss Gavin isn't in, hello Gavin, hope you're not watching this. I will stick on one of my uh, user-generated playlists. Uh, sorry, uh, Spotify-generated playlists. Maybe like a, you know the new music ones, or and and I will let them just play me some music really? rather than. I don't have to oh think oh who should I listen to today? You know it can be overwhelming. I'm got, still got all the entire record every piece of recorded music that's ever been in the world. Right. Yeah, but I like the. I'm I'm going about this all wrong because I'm still putting an album on and listening it through it all the way through. So, a right. lot of times. So, try to contextualise it a little yep. bit. There, that's potentially how listening habits are changing. But artists do still focus on albums. Ah, uh, no. Go on. Cheryl Crow's no longer doing it. This the the her latest album that came out last month allegedly is the last album that she's doing. What was her justification for doing that? Because she said listening habits no longer reflect the way that artists create work. And as much as I, I like an album by Sheryl Crow, and I will, as a listener, I would quite happily wait another three years or whatever the usual is for an album and listen to it, to it in its entirety. But now, you know, I'm not the average listener. You know, so I, I don't want to agree with what she's saying, but it's difficult not to. Okay, but, but what I find is that if you're a fan of an artist, mm. the one thing that you do look forward to is still getting the next album. If, you know, if I'm a... a if I, like I say, if, if I'm a fan of Act A, the, the one thing I look forward to is the next big collection of songs but you know you can argue that the purchase of albums now is more for the hardcore fan rather than from the general populace well, but the, you know, the, the, the actual size of the number of people who are going to buy your album has now decreased from your fans and casual listeners to just your fans and you still have to service your fans but Cheryl Crow's audience, I can't believe, is under the age of 25. So, you know, and she's still saying that even it, people like me, uh, listening habits are changing. Yeah, but it may well be that compared to the massive amount of money she used to make and the modest amount of money that she now makes, maybe she's seen that drop off mm. from an international superstar level to a modest level. If you're a DIY musician then that drop-off yeah. is, is potentially going to be a whole lot smaller and the difference isn't going to be as much. No. And, and the one thing I will say is that, again, if, you're, you know, if, if, people, if your audience wants it and your fans want to reward you for what you do, then an album is still a pretty good way of trying to do that. But you wouldn't, I mean, a lot of bands that I see and hear will basically work, they won't put anything out and then they drop an album. 
well, yeah, that, that's obviously the, the wrong way to do it. You know, you, you it's sing, almost like the focus the has been on the album right from the start, yeah. rather than leading up to it. So you know, single releases prior to that album, but you know, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so so casual music listening has sort of shifted to playlists. Your you know your your fans are still engaged and looking for the album. But you know that said, I used to have a yearly album release cycle for my band and we've now shifted to every two years a to to give us a little bit of a break and to take the pressure off but, but also b because they aren't you know they, they still sell and I've, I've had people going fairly recently going come on lads i need some more new music when's the album out the funny thing is though <laughs> some of the fans not long after you released the last album they were like when's a new one coming it's out like, it's oh, like that's you know that was it only came out six months ago you know, so, it's so nice to be that desired, but you're like you. So we've moved from you know, approximately twelve months to to every every twenty four months, you know, just because we know that it won't, you know, it'll still sell, but not in the quantities that that it used to. So it's still important for your fans, um, but you know, you, the, the the casual listener now has because he's got that many other things or she's got that many other things to listen to that's maybe you know, it's not as much of a, a focus and a priority so in some respects the whole with all of this it is you know start with singles move up to eps and then move up to albums as your listener base develops yeah, that's and it. I mean, becomes more loyal it's funny um i, <coughs> I was ironing me. a t-shirt for a festival that i appeared uh, oh, you I do, I do me ironing, I'm very domesticated. Ironing a t-shirt for a festival, my band appeared in, in 2013 and there was a band uh, on, on the back of there and they're just now, at the end of 2019, about to release their album. They, they, got, they got signed a while back, but you know they've spent a, quite a while accumulating that audience and you could argue that's probably the best way to do it because... They've Have spent, they released singles in the meantime? They're... They must have they put have, some yeah, they, content. They have, huh? but you know, it, it's all about building the audience first. Yeah. So you've got an audience, and then you drop the album. Because who wants, uh, you know, three hundred, four, five hundred albums in their garage, collecting dust? Garage. Sorry. He says garage, and I say garage. So yeah, so it's all about using each of those singles as a uh, the phrase I always use is an outreach opportunity an opportunity to introduce yourself to new people to build that audience and hopefully you're building that up to a stage whereby you've got an audience who will if you are engaged with them they will go out and uh, in you know in good enough numbers to to buy your album to make it worth uh, make it a worthwhile venture but well, I mean that's the it's almost a bit like you know there would be no point spending a load of time on a seven course meal if nobody likes the starter, you know. That's a very good way of putting it. Oh, I'm good at these. He's, he's, you're getting better at this. I know. Uh, so, because you know, as you put here, you know, if you release loads of singles to little fanfare, you need to slow down and spend some time marketing the stuff you've put out rather than in concentrating all your efforts on only one aspect. Yeah, so there's no point releasing singles every eight weeks if they're not really having an effect in terms of growing that audience you're just releasing music to the same small amount of people the idea is that if you release it if you release them less you've got maybe more time and potentially more money as well to to use that single as an opportunity to grow that audience and then cumulatively keep doing that keep doing mm. that and once you get to the end 
then you can potentially release that album. Unless you're uh, in the pop world, when uh, you know, if uh, if if your audience are under under eighteen, that, that you know, well, if they're under the age of twenty five, pretty, pretty yeah, pretty tricky, pretty tricky. It's a good job all my fans are uh, <laughs> a little bit older than yes. that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an odd one. I mean, it's, it, it is, but it just goes to show how much has changed. How much has changed in a very small number of years. Uh, so yeah, that's and it will. And it, the thing is, it will continue to change. Yeah, it's obvious. You know, I think more artists are going to be changing their stuff. More the more established, older artists are going to be changing, possibly. So, have you changed your release strategies over the uh, over the past couple have of you years? Actually, had a release strategy. Let us know in the comments below. Remember to smash that subscribe button, ring that bell, whatever that means. Uh, tell your friends about us. Share this video. That'd be great. Um, share it on the Facebooks. Retweet YouTube. the YouTube URL on the Twitters. Let's get, you know, let's build up Ask Us Questions. Ask Us Questions. If there's anything you want us to uh, to chat about and give our advice on, you can do so. If it's YouTube in the comments below or on Facebook, you can do that. You can um, tweet 60-Minute um, Music Marketing, my... Uh, my uh, my Twitter page. Maybe we'll stick that in here as well. Okay, and also hashtag Music Marketing Monday. Music Marketing Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Unless Greg uh, is putting this out and making me put mine out on Tuesday. It's his <laughs> fault, by the way. His fault. It was me trying to upload a six gig video file oh, because it was like excuses, an hour. Excuses. Listen. Anyway. Thanks very much for uh, watching or listening to the show. We appreciate your uh, your attention, your, your, ears. Eyes and your ears, and we will see you next time. Catch you later. Cheers now. Bye.